Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is pretty sweet. Okay. Yeah. So do you kind of want to talk about how you got into um, talking about, we just literally talked about this. I'm sorry, but how did you kind of get into it? No, no, it's fine. We can redo it. We can just do it more formally. Yeah. So, so. you're not, so it's pretty sweet because it's like, I would have definitely assumed that you're a journalist, but you're a computer science major, but you just are super into sports. So how did you become so knowledgeable? Have you just always kind of been um, into the NFL and NBA? Well, because uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 what you might call a fanatic. Like yeah. I've been a fanatic since like I was little. Mm-hmm. I started watching football basketball when I was like four or five years old mm-hmm. and it's been like my number one passion. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. my dad for my dad, I used to be a party trick because I used to have like <laughs> everybody's stats memorized oh, wow. when I was like six, seven years old and I used to be able to spout them out on cue like Peyton Manning's touchdowns, Tom Brady's passing yards, this person's yards per an attempt. I I was like an encyclopedia. That's with wild. just stats and just remember random facts like that. But then more and more, like just, I just grew in like my enjoyment of sports and honestly just like teaching myself like football concepts and mm-hmm. all stuff like that. And just watching more and more sports just cause like it, it's, it's not what I do, but it's kind of like what I'm passionate about doing yeah. as a hobby. Yeah. And I was able to meet Grant and that's where things kind of took off where I actually started talking about in a public platform. Like if I yeah. didn't meet Grant, I don't think I would have ever taken the initiative to do it. Yeah. yeah. So um, would you ever consider going into something like that? Or is computer science like that's what you want to do? And you just want to do this as a hobby on the side? Because I mean, like, I feel it's like you've question, out like, a pretty sweet niche. Yeah, it's you know? a hard question because, I mean, like, obviously I'm really passionate about sports. I just think that it's a really difficult field to get mm-hmm. into it's a really difficult field to be involved in it. I feel, I just think that I'm very comfortable with my life and how it uh-huh. is. I enjoy doing this as a passion, but I, I really like studying computer science. I hope to get a job in the field. So I think mm-hmm. I'm pretty comfortable. From that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same dilemma right now too. Cause like I'm doing mechanical engineering and I love sports, you know, and I think doing the statistics for sports would be amazing, but you know, that's kind of more, it's really hard to get into. And it's like, more of a passion thing than like actual career that could be viable. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I just want to be involved with sports any means possible. But I mean, but I mean like it definitely helps because whenever, whenever I listen to you and Grant talk, you guys aren't just kind of talking about sports, you know, the ins and outs of it, you know, schemes, you know, everything. So um, like, did you ever play? Did that ever help you? Like, did you ever play football or basketball and did that help you at all? No, I played soccer. My whole there life. You go. I was a soccer player. Yeah, yeah no. soccer is pretty so, fun. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so I played soccer my whole life, and mm-hmm. honestly, with I wanted to play basketball my whole life. My parents, no way were they were letting me play football, but I wanted to play mm-hmm. basketball. My parents made me swim, so I was a oh. soccer and a swimmer, soccer oh, player awesome. and a swimmer for like the first. I think I want to say till I was fourteen, and then I just started, and then I quit swimming and kept playing soccer. Oh. I think with basketball, the thing is, there's a lot of translatable things between mm-hmm. soccer and mm-hmm. basketball just in terms of body positioning especially defending like staying in mm-hmm. front of your man in soccer the way you position yourself and the way you move your feet and how you want to kind of angle and force a guy one way and all of those things yeah. when you want to stab in all of that 
all of those things are similar. And then with football, I've just watched football my whole life. I've consumed, like, I've read a lot of football books. I've, I've seen <laughs> yeah. a lot of read. I used to read every single reporter's article at, when I was, like, 12, 13 after mm. each training camp practice. Yeah. I used to be able to name all, like, 90 players on the Niners oh, wow. roster when I was Jeez, little, dude. too. Like, <laughs> I, awesome. I, I, it's an obsession of mine. And then I've just been kind of trying to grow my knowledge with that obsession. I feel like it's really accessible. There's so many yeah. things online to learn concepts, to learn basic things like scheme, positioning, all of that. And I feel like, I mean, I, I don't know very much right now. I'm just looking to learn and learn and learn. Yeah. Yeah. No, I used to think I was a 49ers fan. And then I see like Jamar Taylor come on the field. I'm like, who is that guy? <laughs> and then, you know, everybody that's wild. <laughs> yeah. Like Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty insane. Um, yeah, like the Warriors right now, I'm pretty proud of them. But freaking smacking the Jazz is pretty <laughs> but yeah. sweet. But yeah, yeah. Um, okay. First of all, what I want to kind of because this is a 49er podcast, but I feel like it's pretty important to talk about Drew Brees. Drew Brees retiring. What are your thoughts on him retiring? Do you think he still had some juice in the tank? Because I thought he Loki kind of did, but I don't know. No, I, I didn't think he had juice in the tank. Like, I think that one of the biggest misconceptions in the NFL is actually the reason the New Orleans Saints didn't win a Super Bowl yeah. with this stack roster in the last three years was Drew Brees. Yeah. He just wasn't pushing the ball down the field. Really good short thrower, mm-hmm. really smart, still knew where to go with the ball, but he was just physically limited. And yeah. He was not playing really well in those big games. I feel like it kind of got lost, right? Because the Rams yeah. game, there was a terrible call. Drew Brees did not play well. The Minnesota Miracle game, Drew Brees had a terrible first half. Um, 2020 versus the Vikings, Drew Brees was terrible. And then Drew Brees played terrible versus the Bucks. So it kind of got lost because there were other details that people missed. But Drew Brees consistently didn't play good football for the New Orleans Saints. And so I think that he kind of sealing that team. I think that it was time for him to retire. I mean, I was surprised he even came back. This yeah. year, like, I, I thought it was weird, right? Because yeah. people said he was going to be out for two two to three weeks, but then his list of injuries was, like, nine broken ribs, a punctured yeah. lung, yeah. and, like, things that, like, sounded like a guy who had gotten into a car crash. But he had an all-time great career. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, has some of the greatest numbers yeah. of all time, maybe the most accurate quarterback I've ever seen, all-time great player, but I think it was his time. Yeah, I think the biggest indicator for me that it was his last year was that when I think it was in the playoffs against the Bucks, where Jameis Winston came into the game to throw that deep pass, that trick play that the Chicago had done the week before. Mm-hmm. And that just, like, shows that like Drew Brees, he can't make those throws anymore. So they need somebody else to come in. I think his time was over at that point. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So throwing the bag at Taysom, do you think that's the right move? I don't know if they threw the bag at Taysom. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, I, I would like to see the entire details of the contract. Mm-hmm. But Shafter said that they basically can get out of his contract every single year. If okay. I saw initially, and it was basically a contract that was structured in a way to create initial cap room this year. So yeah. I don't know if they're a hundred percent all the way with Taysom. I mean, mm-hmm. Taysom played pretty good at yeah. last year. It wasn't <laughs> bad football. I think Taysom can be a viable starter, maybe. With Sean Payton, the way they use him, possibly, but we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so I feel like because we haven't done a 49ers podcast in a while, and so since we have you on, we're just gonna give, we're just gonna hit you with some questions. So I was watching; it was pretty sweet that Grant Cohen had Jim Mora on. Jim mm-hmm. Mora, great coach. Um, do you think Josh Rosen actually is the guy? And also, do you think that because he's I mean, they were trying to be low-key about it, but he is sort of an arrogant 
kind of guy. He is wants he know he's super smart and intelligent, and he kind of wants you to know that. So, do you think that Kyle Shanahan's his um, kind of intelligence and just know all about the game? Do you think that'll cancel out Josh Rosen's kind of attitude, and he'll just kind of fit well into the system? Well, I have no clue. Like Grant's interview with Jim Moore was telling how Jim Moore felt about Josh mm-hmm. Rosen, but unfortunately, I can't comment on it because. Yeah. I don't know Josh Rosen. I don't know anybody yeah. that's interacted with Josh Rosen. Do I think he's the guy? Absolutely not. I love mm-hmm. Josh Rosen coming out of UCLA. Mm-hmm. I love the way he threw the ball. He's got great balance, great release, mm-hmm. great time. He had a good sense of timing. He had good, uh, decent feet in the pocket. He had a, a beautiful motion. He threw with touch. He threw with accuracy. He could push the ball down the field. But his career, he hasn't been very good. Mm-hmm. He's not very mobile. He's not very good when outside of the script of the offense. And mm-hmm. so what I will say about Josh Rosen is that if anywhere he's going to succeed, it's going to be this place. But because uh-huh. I think this is the only offense that really fits his skill set in today's NFL. And mm-hmm. I think that if he's going to succeed, it's going to be here. But I don't know if you can say he's going to succeed. I don't even know if you can put any eggs into that basket. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's, you know, that great of a quarterback. I mean, sure, he's kind of got the short end of the stick on a few situations with like Arizona, then Miami. But I think the biggest like telling thing of that is that um he he lost out the backup position to Blaine Gabbert in Tampa Bay. Like that's kind of like Blaine Gabbert's not that good. And like losing to to him and the for the backup position, it's kind of telling that he either doesn't have a like, good work ethic or he like, you know, just isn't good at all. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is because Gabbard's been with Bruce Arians for a while now, Bruce Arians yeah. and Byron Leftwich, so maybe there's a connection there. But, yeah. I mean, you said it, right? He, he's he been given the short end of the stick. He's also played pretty badly mm-hmm. when he's played outside of I – haven't, I haven't seen one game outside of his first career start against Seattle where the game that Earl Thomas broke his leg and flicked off mm-hmm. Pete Carroll. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's funny. I haven't seen him play, like, good football outside of that he played outstanding in that game and since then it's mm-hmm. just been kind of downhill yeah so in terms of jimmy how short of a leash do you think he'll have because i don't know do you do you honestly think he'll get traded because i know you guys have done tons of segments on this but i just yeah we've done tons of segments on it honestly the more and more i i mean i think about it like i think they're gonna trade him i think they're gonna trade him and they keep not making moves to trade yeah him. so um all i can say is that um for whatever reason, they're not going to trade him. I don't know what his market would be. I don't know why mm-hmm. you would want to trade for a guy who's been injured as much as he has been and take on a $25 million cap hit. I mean, I think that there is a likely scenario that Jimmy is their quarterback. I mean, I guess maybe New England is still in yeah. him, involved in trying to get him, but they also got Cam Newton back. And yeah. I still am a believer in Cam Newton. I think too many people evaluate Cam Newton on a couple of lowlights they see on Twitter like, oh, Cam Newton sucks now. Well, mm-hmm. no, Cam Newton was always kind of a streaky short thrower. He never was really great at it. Yeah. And guess what? Cam Newton also had 12 rushing touchdowns last year, mm-hmm. and he had a total of 20 touchdowns. And I think he only played 14 games, so that's about a rushing touchdown a game. Um, He had terrible weapons, brand-new system, no offseason, coming off a major injury. I mean, like these – and he had COVID. Like these are excuses where if any other quarterback had those exact situations. Like can you imagine Niners fans if mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo had to go – people are still giving him excuses for his ACL two years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm still a believer in Cam Newton. I don't know anything about what the Patriots think or anything. But 
Yeah, I think that I, I don't think there's really going to be a market to trade for him. I, yeah. I don't see the market. I don't see who would want uh-huh. Jimmy at this price to be their starter for sure. And it's not anything against Jimmy. He's still a good player, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I think that like with the trade for Jimmy Grapple, I think if New England like offered up uh, either a second round pick or even Stephon Gilmore, that I think the oh, Niners yeah. should have t- grabbed that up like immediately because you know then they could address like like whole handedly like the quarterback position in the draft. Like they could have like without a doubt picked one of those up because it would have had Stephon Gilmore, who's like a, a Pro Bowl a corner. I don't know if he got it this year. I can't remember, but, yeah, but he's Stephon's very good. Old, though, guy. Yeah, I mean, he is old, but I mean they're kind of in this win now mode. Really, like they they have like. Fred Warner's contract is coming up. They have to like, you know, extend him. Right. And that's a big thing. And so they're, they're going to lose some people. So if they could have got Stefan and then maybe drafted a quarterback, you know, I don't think they can get, I don't think they could get Justin Fields, but like maybe Trey Lance or like, you know, Mac Jones or somebody they could, um, you know, like have that and been locked in for this next year. Yeah. So, yeah. Sheridan, Sheridan's a big Kellen Mond guy. We're, like where, where would, Kel, would we get Kellen Mond in the second with a couple, because we have two second round picks right would he would he yeah. be in that category or would that would we kind of have to sell out and so, s- no we wouldn't have to use our 12 pick on him no way so grant's a big kellen mom guy too <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah i mean i'm i'm not i wouldn't call myself a big kellen mom guy but i don't think mm-hmm. he's bad i think he's pretty good actually mm-hmm. and yeah. i i don't know what his value is actually mm-hmm. but if we would get him at if we got if the 49ers got kellen mom to pick 43 i wouldn't be mad about it at all Mm-hmm. Yeah. He actually kind of reminds me of if Alex Smith and Kaepern- Colin Kaepernick had a baby, like his <laughs> body type and play yeah. style reminds me of yeah. a stronger armed Alex Smith yeah. and mm-hmm. his mechanics and kind of us, the way he throws the ball and his lower body mechanics mm-hmm. and the way he holds the ball in the pocket reminds me of Colin Kaepernick. So it's kind of weird, but yeah, yeah. I don't think he's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think picking him up in like the second or third round would be a great idea because you know you'd have that pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, but you wouldn't be really saying like this is your replacement, like you know we're done with you because that like hopefully give him the motivation to uh, like you know get better or like at least try to stay healthy or do something different. But um, yeah, because yeah, Kellen and I are kind of in the whole mode that the Niners shouldn't draft a corner in the first. I mean, shouldn't draft a quarterback in the first round. Yeah. We like, I know you guys like kind of like that idea, but we would kind of think that the corner and like the offensive line is kind of our biggest, you know, need. I mean, there's a debate for every single, you know, option for sure, but um, we think like Patrick Sertain or uh, JC Horn oh, would yeah. be great for our team, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, in terms of quarterback, who do you think we should take with the 12th pick? Who's your favorite guy in the draft? Um, I like, I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence is gone. I think yeah. I really like Zach Wilson, but I think it's mm-hmm. safe to say Zach Wilson's gone. Yeah. Yeah. The third guy I really like would be Justin Fields. If Justin uh-huh. Fields is there at 12, I'd be ecstatic. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad about Mac Jones at 12. I like Mac Jones a lot, but uh-huh. I would be happier if they got Mac Jones at maybe like 18 and trade. Yeah. Him. That's just the way I see it. I yeah. don't really want Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. I I think there's just too much unknown to bet on with yeah. Trey Lance, the lack of starts, the lack of throws. I mean, like I feel like you're just betting. You haven't seen enough, and then mm-hmm. I I just it's it's that one's just a difficult one for me to bet on. And then ideally, Kellen Mond at 43 is a decent uh-huh. option. So I mean, there are options. If Justin Fields is there, I would love to see the Niners. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. Love- 
Yeah, I think it definitely comes down to like what the Falcons who who they choose because like I think I personally think they're going to stick with Matt Ryan because like he's good, but you know yeah. who knows what they're going to do. And then I also think it also comes down to the Panthers because like if the Panthers a Falcons pass, the Panthers could get you know Justin Fields he'd be the replacement for the future, and that would leave Trey Lance. And yeah, I, I think Trey Lance is definitely a project because you have to like mold him. You don't know really like how good he will be. So yeah. um, the thing with the Falcons is that apparently, I mean, people are saying this like actual league insiders uh-huh. they're saying that uh the falcons are gonna take trey lance oh, like oh wow That'd smitten be... with trey lance they're gonna keep matt ryan and uh-huh. take trey lance so, oh wow that, that'd be a surprise that'd be wild cool wow. yeah. yeah you always think like justin fields would be that third guy or second guy to get picked but yeah wow trey lance huh that's interesting yeah dang okay one qu- okay here's another question if the if the niners chose not to get a db or quarterback with that 12th pick, who's your favorite guy that you think has who's your favorite who's your favorite pick at that spot that's not a quarterback or a DB? Not a quarterback or a DB? Yeah. I mean, I'd just go just based on player. Yeah. Player and value at that point, I think Kyle Pitts would be obviously insane. Mm-hmm. Like Kyle yeah, Pitts be. is super special. There's yeah. really nothing you can say wrong yeah. with Kyle Pitts. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then if if I would say just of the receivers, I like Waddle a lot. He's got a little yeah. he's the closest thing I've ever seen to Tyreek Hill, uh-huh. like in terms of movement. And it's not just straight line speed in terms of agility, suddenness, explosion, um, side to side movement, ability to move with the ball in your hands. Um, the ability to put pressure on people with the ball in your hands. Like I think Waddle's the closest to Tyreek Hill. So I would I would go Pitts obviously one, but Waddle would mm-hmm. be my second. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have yeah, I like Kyle Pitts a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like with him, if him and George Kittle were paired up, that'd be insane. Like Well, yeah, because he can't he doesn't have just have to play tight end either. He can play yeah. wide out. Yeah, I know. He's like he's like kind of, you know, like thin enough to be like a wide receiver and fast enough to do that. Like I looked at him, he's not like George Kittle, like George Kittle's kind of bulkier like he's like he's like jack jacked and like you know kyle pitts is you know more like a wide receiver but he's strong and he can he's fast i think yeah they could do a lot of crazy stuff with him yeah for sure yeah kyle i mean george kittle when he came out of college though wasn't the most jack guy so I oh yeah no for that. sure yeah but on weight sure, no. wait too like that but yeah, yeah kyle pitts in this offense would be insane like he is spectacular yeah no for sure what do you think about jalen hurd you think he's a bust or is he going to come back and help the niners I mean, bust is such a hard term to use, mm. especially when somebody has just hasn't even played. Yeah. Like, how do you call somebody a bust? Like, that's yeah. like saying, like, I'm terrible at my job because mm-hmm. I had a situation that didn't allow me to do my job. Well, you yeah. don't know if I'm bad at it or not. So mm-hmm. I think bust is a harsh term to use. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's fair, but I definitely think he's a giant question mark. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think the Niners. Like I like Jalen Hurd. I I liked I like his talent and, and uh-huh. his versatility. But at the same time, I don't think he's someone the Niners can look at and say, "Well, we have Debo, Ayuk, Travis Benjamin, and Jalen Hurd coming back, so we should be good." Because mm. Jalen Hurd, like at this point, just has to be a ginormous question mark because he's had two pretty serious injuries back to back. Yeah. What do you think of the possibility of Emmanuel Sanders coming back to the Niners? Because yeah. I've seen I've seen on like Instagram and Twitter and stuff that like you know people are picking up steam on that idea. So I, like, I would like it if it was at the right price. So yeah. if you get Emmanuel Sanders for pretty damn cheap, like one year two million, one year three, yeah. million, and then it's awesome because Emmanuel yeah. Sanders is phenomenal. He's a pro's pro. Yeah. He's mastered every single nuance of the receiver position. 
Yeah. He's always at the right spot. He's good within the offense. He's tough. He's a good leader. But I mean, I, I think that I think Emmanuel <laughs> yeah. Sanders will have a pretty large market. Yeah, I know. He seemed like George, um, Jimmy Grappler's like favorite target last year, almost like on that Saints game. He seemed like get all the a lot of the big passes and all that. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. He seemed to fit in well last year with the Niners. But I don't know. You know with Brandon Ayuk being there now, like I think they're kind of moving on from like you know like the older guys and going with like the young crew that they have already. So mm-hmm. yeah. What about Quan Vish? Could they re-sign Quan Alexander or no? I I wouldn't recommend it. I <laughs> yeah. mean, we're, we're talking cool. about a guy whose game is built on suddenness, speed, mm-hmm. change of direction, and he's coming yeah. off an Achilles. To me, that's way too risky. Right. Uh, I I'm one of those people who didn't love Quan Alexander's bang for the buck value mm-hmm. in the sense that I thought he was a good player. I just didn't like what he was getting like paid for what his yeah. job was. And it's like I don't. And I'm a guy who doesn't think who thinks Dre Greenlaw has been massively overrated by Niners fans. Like I think he's good. I think he's solid for what they pay him. But I don't think like I've seen people say that Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw is the next Willis Bowman and stuff like that. That's just that's <laughs> no. that's my number no. crazy. Yeah, they're not to me. They're not even a top three or four linebacker tandem. Fred Warner is mm-hmm. a superstar. Dre Greenlaw mm-hmm. is just a good okay player. He's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. But I, I it's just. I can't bet on Quan Alexander coming off an Achilles, especially when yeah. his game is built on speed and explosion. And he's had a torn pec, a yeah. torn yeah, that was surgery on his bicep and a torn ACL. This has all been over the last two years. Yeah. No. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember like uh, Quan Alexander in the beginning, you know, I thought he was really good. And actually the first Grant Cohen video I watched was the one about Quan Alexander and how he thought like he was just like running around on the field doing like random stuff the whole time. And I was like, oh no, like he doesn't know what he's talking about. And then I watching the game, I like focus on Quan and like, he's doing the exact same thing that he said in the, in the video. I'm like, oh my gosh, like Quan isn't even like really that good. I don't think like, mm-hmm. He, no, he's a, he's a really good player. He's uh-huh. really good in coverage. He just freelances a little. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. That, and the Niners are a team that's looking to play very assignment sound football, and uh-huh. so yeah. And apparently he had like a lot of missed tackles or something. If, if I remember, he brought up like he missed a lot of tackles. But I mean, yeah, he's a he's a great player. But he does like like you said, like you know, jump from the script a lot and do random things. So yeah. Well, okay, so. What do you think of Akella Witherspoon and what DB is going to have to step up most this upcoming season that is already that is already on the roster for the 49ers? I mean, I, I, I like Akella Witherspoon's talent. Mm-hmm. I think that the Niners haven't done a great job nurturing his confidence, which yeah. seems to be very flaky, which is hard for an NFL player, especially yeah. when you're playing for Kyle Shanahan, who doesn't really baby players, you know? No. He's really honest. He treats yeah. players like adults, and so mm-hmm. it's a different situation. I've always liked Akella Witherspoon's talent. I don't think he's going to come back to the Niners, just a gut feeling and guessing. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have inside information on it, so maybe he comes back. Um, what I will say with Akello is that um, in terms of the corner that needs to set up its step up, it's got to be Mosley, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't know if Verrett's coming back, so we don't know. We know Mosley's going to be one starter at corner, and he mm-hmm. might have to be the nickel too because K1 Williams is most likely gone because the Jets are probably going to offer him a ton of money. I mean, Richard Sherman's been hinting at that on Twitter the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. because of that, I think Emmanuel Mosley's versatility, his toughness, great tackler. He's a good player. He's mm-hmm. physical. And I, I think that he's the guy that's got to step up. Plus, they just extended him for a pretty decent amount of money. They paid him yeah. like a starter. So, yeah. 
Yeah. No, I liked Emmanuel Mosley a lot for sure. I thought he was really good. Um, yeah, I, I liked Akella Witherspoon at the end of the season. I liked when he like blocked that one pass on um, DK Metcalf and started like flexing on them. That was pretty funny. And then, uh, yeah, I thought that was great. But yeah, I think Akella is going to be gone this next year. He's probably going to get signed somewhere else. And so, uh, but yeah, I think Emmanuel Mosley definitely needs to step up as like probably, I don't know. Yeah. Depending on Jason Verrett and K1, like he might be like the number one guy now. Like mm-hmm. that'd be, that'd be kind of wild, but. Yeah, for sure. Who do you think is going to have a bigger impact this upcoming season, Marcel Harris or Tarverius Moore? Um, so I'm not the biggest Tarverius Moore fan. Really? I think I've – I don't know why Tarverius Moore is hyped the way he is. Mm-hmm. It's not that he's bad. He's really talented. He's really fast. Mm-hmm. But he takes really bad angles to the football, and he doesn't play a sign and sound. He makes a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just think that that's why. Like Everybody kept asking the question, why does Marcel Harris – play instead of Tarverius Moore. It's because Marcel Harris doesn't make mistakes in terms mm-hmm. of his assignment. I think that Marcel Harris – I don't understand actually why Marcel Harris has been so hated by Niners fans. I love him. He's a really solid backup safety. Yeah. And Tarverius Moore is also a solid backup safety. But for whatever reason, Tarverius Moore is looked at as the next Ed Reed and the savior. And Marcel Harris <laughs> has looked like a guy that needs to be let go ASAP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to say – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay safe and say it's – I think Marcel Harris will have the bigger impact of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Marcel because they kind of put him – he, he just flies around the field, I feel like. He reminds me of Deshaun Goldson, not just because of the dreads and stuff. Yeah. Just because Deshaun was he like, throws his body around. He's fearless. Yeah. And okay, he does miss tackles, but so does Dre Greenlaw, but nobody harps <laughs> on it. So does Fred Warner, nobody harps on it. Tarverius Moore takes a lot of bad angles to the ball, and nobody harps on it. Okay, yeah. he gets beaten in coverage. Well, yeah, sometimes the offensive coordinator just calls a great play, and Marcel Harris is – uh, in a bad spot and mm-hmm. he gets beaten in coverage but so do a lot of other players on the 49ers yeah. and nobody talks about it I think Marcel Harris is solid I don't think mm-hmm. he's ever going to be a starter but I think he's a very solid backup and a hell of a special teamer and because he plays cleaner I, I, I like him more than Tarberry's more yeah no he's good he's come up in big plays you know like uh two years ago 2019 oh, yeah. against you know Seattle he almost had an interception against <laughs> Russell Wilson in that um that like crazy game that was nuts but yeah and he's done pretty good against seattle this year he like um hit like hit uh dk metcalf pretty hard made him lose a lose a catch so yeah i think he can definitely be good yeah i don't know if he's gonna definitely be a starter but he definitely comes in in good times to like you know keep things you know under control so. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay how, how are the how are the niners gonna address their offensive line issues because i don't know they're probably not gonna resign trent right I think they're going to re-sign Trent Williams. I, well, I say yeah. there's no way they can. Mm-hmm. They invite they 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 basically put all their eggs into that basket. I think mm-hmm. that that's the one deal that they will get done. Yeah. yeah. So uh-huh. you, so K one's going to leave most likely. You think God, so? that stinks so bad, man. And then Verrett, who? What's the most suitable landing spot for like Jason Verrett? Do you think? Raiders. Gus Raiders. Bradley. Big time. I can see him as a Raider. Uh-huh. Gus Bradley, and they need secondary. And I mm-hmm. I, I do want to put this out. For the K1 Williams people that think he's him leaving is a bad is a, just the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Last season, both K1 Williams and Jamar Taylor started eight games each. Mm-hmm. They both had 22 tackles. Williams had five tackles for a loss. Taylor had two. They both had two quarterback hits. Williams had two sacks. Um, Taylor was one, but <laughs> according to my charting, I think Williams got blitzed more than Taylor. And then Williams allowed a passer rating of 81.9. Taylor allowed a passer rating of 69.1. 
Williams allowed 75% catch percentage, mm-hmm. um, completion percentage. Taylor allowed 76.5 completion percentage. Taylor had three picks. Williams had none. So <laughs> mm-hmm. Taylor was a guy that was people were thinking was going to be out of the NFL, and then the Niners signed him, and he came in, and he played through camp, and he was able to replace Kwan Williams. Kwan Williams is a really good player. I know fans love him. He has a great story. He's a really solid tackler, good blitzer. But he gets put in a lot of fortuitous positions to be able mm-hmm. to make plays. Mm-hmm. I think that his role and what they ask him to do is something that can be replaced by another really solid tackling nickel player. And Jamar, mm-hmm. Taylor, Jamar Taylor had a hell of a season. Yeah, I think that what's underrated is that when people call him the best nickel in football and stuff, like Bryce Callahan on the Broncos is playing man in, in the slot. He's taking the slot yeah. receiver one-on-one. Um, Marlon Humphrey. In Baltimore, yeah. he has to play in man in the slot. They don't mm-hmm. ask Kwan K- Williams to really play in man, and he's kind of the mm-hmm. liability when they do play in man, and that's why Jimmy Ward does a lot of the man coverage from the slot. So, yeah, when Kwan blitzes or he has this great tackle, everybody's like, look at Kwan, such a stud, and why does Ward make no plays? Well, Ward is the one locking up actually in the slot, allowing Kwan to make plays, and I feel like mm-hmm. that gets – lost and i think that's something fans don't see and I, I i just wanted to keep putting that out there because i think that these are the smaller nuances in football that don't get realized and for whatever reason that's why people hate or fans 49ers fans aren't embracing a jimmy ward or a jaquaski tart because they don't make plays but really mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're allowing a dre greenlaw to have a very simple assignment to be able to make a play or a Kwan williams to have a opportunity to blitz five ten times a game to make a play so yeah. that i did want to say that yeah no yeah i agree i agree on that one oh. i think i think jamar taylor was like i think he was my favorite surprise from this, this year like how he came in and was able to fill that role of you know k1 williams i think jamar taylor can definitely be a great asset to us next year but, yeah dude you just blew my mind with all those statistics man that's freaking insane. Yeah. What's it like being a walking <laughs> sports app, dude? That's freaking crazy. My God. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's all available on Pro Football. No, <laughs> I know. But the fact yeah. that you just remember all of it is just mind-boggling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Russ- Russell Wilson. And also, whenever you have to go, like, it's fine. Just sure, absolutely. Okay. So, Russell Wilson. How realistic is it that he becomes a bear? Because every time I, I mean, hear news I'm on a, that, I just I'm a Chicago, I live in Chicago. Yeah, I'm <laughs> what they call what you might call a Chicago bear hater. Uh, I've been really? a hair bear hater my entire life. I <laughs> talk recklessly about the Chicago Bears to so many different people. And I mean, when a lot of like, I, I feel like so many people that are connected with the league keep tweeting out that uh, um, Russell Wilson of the Bears is real. So I'm, I'm worried about it. I'm hoping mm-hmm. it's not true because, yeah. damn, my phone would blow up with a, from a bunch <laughs> of people because I've, I've always said the Chicago Bears are where quarterbacks come to die. There can never yeah. be a good quarterback for the Chicago Bears. I mean, yeah. if you think I talk sensibly about the 49ers, you would think I'm an absolute idiot the way I talk about the Chicago Bears because I just <laughs> run my mouth when it comes to talking about them because I'm just a hater. But, um, yeah, so, I, I mean – in terms of the realism, I mean, the facts, they seem to be right in front of you. It seems to be a very realistic possibility in terms yeah. of how I feel about it. I think I would rather have him in Seattle. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, but we don't want him in there. Seattle. Bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah, no, I'd be, I think the Seahawks would kind of almost, almost be like done, like as like a competitor in Seattle, if he's not there, because so, time and time again, he always like somehow finds a way to come back and like, you know, win games. Like, you know, no matter what the score is, 
like against the Niners, it's always like the fourth quarter comes around. It's like, oh no, like this is gonna yeah. be the same old situation. But yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. If you would, if he goes, the, the Seahawks are done. But it's, yeah. it's 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 I'm just I don't know. It's it's like I I don't want him on the Seahawks. I don't want him on the Bears. I mean, yeah. if the Raiders could step up. I like yeah, Derek Carr a lot. I like Derek uh-huh. Carr more than a lot of people. But mm-hmm. the Raiders step up, that would be huge for me. Yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um. What would the trade package look like? Would that be Allen Robinson? Like, who For would the they Bears? give up? Well, yeah. I think it would have to be built around Khalil Mack and picks, right? Okay. Yeah. Khalil Mack. Well, yeah, because yeah. they already have a pretty good offensive like, wide receiver group there. So I think, you know, definitely Khalil Mack because their defense was like atrocious last year for no. a good part of the season. But yeah. Yeah. I feel like Khalil Mack kind of took like, I mean, he is really good though, but I don't know. The the thing with Mac is that he makes what close to twenty four twenty five million dollars a year. So mm-hmm. I don't know how they would be able to fit both him and Russell Wilson between their cap while keeping an Allen Robinson who deserves to be paid yeah. this offseason. Uh-huh. So I I think that the deal would have to be Khalil Mack and picks. Plus yeah. Khalil Mack is still a franchise level defensive player. So yeah, like he he alone still costs is still worth two first round picks. Yeah, no him him and Bobby Wagner and uh, KJ Wright be a pretty scary you know crew right there for sure. And you know Blitz <laughs> Blitz boy Jamal Adams running in there and doing you know his yeah. thing. Niners That's line nice. would have a yeah. issue. Nine, with their right defense there. would be insane if they bring yeah. back KJ Wright. They add yeah. Khalil Mack to go with Jerron Reed, Puna Ford. Jamal yeah. Adams, Quandre Diggs, my God, they would have a yeah. defense. Okay. Yeah, that'd be wild. I think it wouldn't. We have to talk about this really quick. Your, what's your honest assessment of Mike McGlinchey? Because that, that whole entire visual right there, if Khalil Mack was playing for the Seahawks, just, I, it just, autom- my mind automatically went there. So do you think he just, he's put on some more weight? I, I, I mean, he, he's, he's, a, I, I don't know what to think. He has good games. He's got bad games. I don't know. Sheridan's not the biggest fan. I know a lot of people. Are I think a lot of people have been really, really hard on Michael Glinchey. <laughs> when they drafted, I think the biggest reason is because he was picked ninth overall. And when you pick Facts. ninth overall and you pick an offensive tackle, everybody hopes he's Orlando Pace, he's Trump Williams, he's mm-hmm. um, Jonathan Ogden, he's Jedrick Wills from last year, he's Tristan Wirfs. But the reality is that most players don't turn out to be that. I think McGlinchey is fine. Like, he struggles in pass protection, but we knew this. He's a hell of a run blocker within this scheme. Um, I think that a lot of his bad plays really, really look worse because they're one, they come in the worst possible time. Yeah. <laughs> they're highlight level worthy because he gets put on his back by a Chauncey Gardner Johnson who's oh my what a hundred pounds and eight inches shorter than him. <laughs> so all of those things look really bad. I think the bottom line is the weight thing clearly was an issue. Kyle Shanahan brought it up. McClinchy himself brought it up. So the weight thing maybe was a problem. He did look mm-hmm. too lean. I think they should continue to keep him. I still think he's fine. Um, my big thing, maybe honestly with him, and it's something I think that's kind of lost with offensive line plays, that it's so nuanced. I think there's a lot of things that we don't get information that we don't get privy. Yeah. We don't, we're not privy to in terms of, um, okay, they showed this front. They're going to slide protection this way. Yeah. So like McGlinchey might be sliding right and it mm-hmm. might be the wrong call and McGlinchey yeah. might be overset up inside and get beat around the edge. Well, yeah. we didn't know that they called, they slid their protection, right? We yeah. just see McGlinchey get beat around the edge. So they did, and the Niners, for the Niners, the center makes all the line calls, and uh-huh. they had 
Kronis Grasso start. They had Ben Garland start, and then they had Daniel Brunskill start. So I think there is some level of excuses to be provided for the 49ers because, one, they saw a lot of different fronts this year, and, two, they didn't have consistent center play in terms of having a guy who was there in terms of continuity to see these different looks and how they were going to react to these looks. So I think there's a lot more there than just saying Mike McGlinchey is terrible. Right. Mm-hmm. I think Mike McGlinchey is fine. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's a top 10 tackle in the NFL, but I'm also not going to tell you that he's terrible because he's a really good run blocker. And I feel like, okay, run blocking, you might not value it as much, but that's what the 49ers value in their offensive linemen, smaller, quicker run blocking offensive linemen. He Mm -hmm. does that at a very high level. Right. Uh, yeah. No, I think definitely he's, you know, I think definitely his run blocking, you know, is good. Like, I think he has like a really high grade. He's like one of the, like the second best one in the NFL or something. Can't remember. But yeah, I mean, it's like his passing. I remember the Washington football game. They had like Kendrick Bourne caught a pass to like convert like a third down. And then like he gets a holding call. And like it was a massive play because they got down like almost to like field goal position. And then he got a holding call and that just like ended there hopes there but yeah his his yeah his bad plays just come at the worst possible <laughs> yeah, times right true. like the philly yeah. the philly game the last drive with oh, bethard it was yeah. just he was just getting walked all uh, over by uh yeah i think it was brandon graham that was kicking his butt i don't uh-huh. remember but mm-hmm. like he played solid in the philly game until brandon graham whipped him on the last <laughs> drive so i think it might be a case of i think too often we attribute like guys ability to play at the end mm-hmm. of games and when uh-huh. things get tough. We only talk about it with the quarterback. Maybe McGlinchey is just a guy who when things he he tightens up a little bit. Yeah. He overthinks a little bit when the situation gets tough. He really feels that pressure because his bad plays come at a really terrible moment for the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How what do you think we're gonna do to address the center situation? Draft a guy? Alex Mack this? is right there. I know oh. Alex Math would be Alex Mack would be a great position. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That one's like that. That's that should fit your hand like a glove. That 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 yeah. move to me is just a no brainer. Yeah. And I feel like the offensive line, you're going to be bargain shopping for veteran offensive linemen this offseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kevin Zeitler was the first cut. Andrew Norwell is going to be cut. There's going to be enough guys, in my opinion available where the Niners should be able to get a couple solid veterans, depending on whichever position they deem a yeah. position of need. Yeah. So the Niners should be in pretty decent shape, especially if they get Alex Mack. I think the comparison to Alex Mack is Hall of Fame level center. Think John, John Sullivan, when the Rams signed him yeah. in uh, 2018, that first year they signed Whitworth and Sullivan and it changed their offensive line. For a mm-hmm. couple of years, I think that's what Alex Mack would be for the 49 Yeah, I think the Niners are going to be able to re-sign some more people than people think because like they just they have thirty-one million in cap now, and I think the use check thing that might come through this recently because uh, John Lynch tweeted out like you know that whole thing about like you, you guys thirsty. You think he actually tweeted it? Out? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what know. was he, all that stuff yesterday? Because I don't know. Like I some... think they were just hacked. I mean, we've seen. Maybe. Them. I mean, Nick Mullins was hacked. River Craycraft was um, hacked. Maybe. Oh, yeah, actually. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's nuts, but yeah. Dang. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I was kinda hoping it was like actually him, but yeah, if it's hacked then that <laughs> That's rough, but yeah, I, I think mean, you hope, right? But it just yeah. seems like horrible business to. Uh, yeah, I know who would actually like he does, he doesn't really make jokes, you know, a lot in like right. the Twitter, and then he just does that. So, yeah, I don't know, but I still think the Niners are gonna be able to resign more people than they think, because I think if I remember right, like people were saying they're they're only gonna have like twenty five million in cap space or whatever, and then now they have like thirty one. So I yeah. think they're gonna be able to get like Trent Williams yeah, they, and 
their cap yeah. space isn't as bad as people want to think it is. Yeah, yeah. It, they're in a decent spot in terms of cap. The only thing that makes people scared is what's Trent Williams' cap hit going to be. But you know what? I think they, there is a scenario where you could sign Trent Williams for a $24, $25 million per year contract uh-huh. and have his cap hit not be heavy this year. The Cowboys just did it with Dak Prescott. Um, yeah. The 49ers can do something similarly with Trent Williams. I think they're capable of bringing back Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, Jaquaski Tart, signing Alex Mack and getting one more guy. And I think that would, that would be, be a really solid free agency. But yeah. I think Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, signing Alex Mack, stuff like that. Like, I think the Niners are in play more than what people want to think here. I yeah. think Parag Marathe does a hell of a job managing the cap. And they've been able to create room and maneuver and kind of manipulate things where I think they're in a better shape in terms of their leverage and their flexibility than more teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, just a few more questions. Running back situation. Do you think we address that in the draft or do we sign somebody? I mean, I think they should draft somebody, somebody yeah. in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Mm-hmm. I think that they do need to sign somebody too, like maybe an undrafted free agent. I think mm-hmm. the one thing with the running backs is that, yeah, Tevin Coleman's not a great runner, but I think they missed him in pass protection this year. The running backs had a pretty bad year in pass protection. Kyle Derek did well. Included. And I think Tevin Coleman's a lead at that. I mean, obviously, you don't want to bring back Tevin Coleman. Not a very good runner. Yeah, I know. We need to bring someone to replace him. I know Niners fans just adore, adore Raheem Mostert because of the one game. (laughs) I think Raheem Mostert's a really, really good player, but I think people need to pump the brakes with Raheem Mostert. We're talking about a guy that has had 200-yard rushing games in his entire career including yeah. one which was the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. He's a really good player. He's really fast. I think people – I feel like there's questions Niners fans ask about every single player's body, but Raheem Mostert's a guy that has had a very limited amount of carries in his career and has had multiple injuries. I don't think you can rely on Raheem Mostert to be your bell cow running yeah. back one. I think they no need way. Some, they need a third guy. It's got to be a three-headed monster exactly. to me with Mostert, Wilson, and somebody. Yeah. 100%. No, yeah, I think it was very, yeah. yeah, it was very evident in like that Rams, the first Rams game where they Raheem Oster comes back and they, he does great in the first half, but then he gets hurt. And then it's like, yeah. you need somebody else like Jeff Olson or some guy in the draft or free agency that can like come in there and like, you know, um, yeah. help him out. Yeah. He played awesome actually in the Miami game and then that first Rams mm-hmm. game, and then he got hurt again. And it's just, yeah. I, I just think that the way his body is, I mean, just, I, I, I think it's difficult for them to just ask that of him. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly is is trey Ser- where would trey sermon land because i loved him you like trey sermon yeah i haven't watched a lot of trey sermon i not sure if he's a great fit with the niners <laughs> i mean i don't know I mean, yeah i don't know but I, I really liked watching him play even the it was at the semifinal game yeah yeah i mean i watch so obviously like i watched trey sermon on tv when they played Clemson, when they played Alabama, <laughs> yeah. I haven't really gotten into watching him. You're right. Give me a little bit of LeGarrette Blunt, that yeah. kind of vibes, like super big guy, powerful, mm-hmm. runs behind his pads really well. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he would be a really cool fit with the Niners. I, I got to watch more. I like Michael Carter from UNC. Okay. I think he would be an insane fit, but then he's another smaller built guy. So who knows? I like Jamar Jefferson, obviously, because I'm an Oregon guy. Jamar Jefferson. Um, also, what do you think? I think Austin Walter is someone that they're not really talking about. I really liked what I saw from him when he was returning kicks and stuff. What do you think, Austin Walter? Yeah, I mean, Austin Walter's pretty tough, isn't he? 
Yeah, he's, and he's quick. He was pretty explosive when he returned kicks. I think he's a. I, I think him and Hasty are guys that you got to bring into camp. But can you really rely on them? Mm-hmm. In the Niners, the reality is that they've been going through these. Their running backs play four games at a time. Like yeah, uh, Brita. Exactly. They had to manage Brita throughout 2018. McKinnon mm-hmm. got hurt. And then 2019, Coleman was in and out hurt. Moster came on later in the season. Brito was kind of the guy at the beginning of the season, then he got hurt. So this season, I mean, Hasty got hurt. Coleman got hurt. Mostert got hurt. Jeff Wilson got hurt. So they've been managing injuries besides Jeff McKinnon. Everybody got hurt. So they've been managing injuries in this backfield for the last four years. And I think it's because they they have a lot of guys who are really small but run really, really, really hard. So yeah, I don't yeah. think that. They can just look at it and say, okay, well, we have Austin Walter and Jamichael Hasty. We have four backs. Because they yeah. the reality is that they need six, seven backs mm-hmm. on deck. No, exactly. To to go through a season. I miss Brita, and I don't understand why we didn't keep Savon Ahmed. Yeah. Do you know? Because he's, I mean, he's a beast. I, I don't understand. I don't know. I really liked how because they signed him in free agency. I think it was maybe uh, they had a crowded room at the time. Right. And maybe it was Ahmed versus Hasty. God. And they preferred Hasty trash but i mean i guess 2020 you can say maybe you 2020 hindsight maybe you wanted to keep Bachman <laughs> instead of mckinnon yeah exactly okay final things jj watt does he really make an impact like a crazy impact on the cardinals future it's not crazy but he's a hell of a player and yeah. i think he's gonna make their defense better i mean mm-hmm. when they get chandler jones back they still yeah. have buddha baker who Want to talk about a stud? Buddha love- Baker is just an absolute stud, and uh, JJ Watt's going to be really, really good for them. So right. I think that I thought people overrated the Cardinals this year. Like, yeah. who do they have on their offense behind besides DeAndre Hopkins? Like, yeah, Kyler Murray's weapons and what's around Kyler Murray, I think, is overstated. I think this mm-hmm. is the year Arizona kind of takes off if they make the right decisions. Kyler Murray's going to be in his third year. I thought mm-hmm. Kyler Murray hurt got hurt a little bit at the end of last year, and that hurt him. And yeah. so I think I don't know if Watt will make the biggest difference, but I think Arizona in general is going to be a force. Yeah, I, th- I think if they make the right, yeah, free agency, free agency decisions like their wide receiver core. I don't know. I think Larry Fitzgerald is kind of he's more. I don't know. I think I don't think he's no, really like a, a factor. I'll say Larry Fitzgerald yeah. has been done for the last. Three years. Yeah, he's still a yeah. Hall of Famer. He's one of the yeah. greatest players of all time. Well, Larry Fitzgerald is probably – he might be slower than Trent Williams. It takes yeah. him 10 minutes to get down the field. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of reminds me of like a charity case. Like, he's you know he's a great guy, and he was, like, great before, but, like, he kind of needs to go. Right, and every no, so nobody wants to say anything bad about him, and it's always yeah. Larry this, Larry that, Larry that. But it feels like yeah. at this point, he's kind of just sticking around for his uh, catches streak to maybe yeah. catch Jerry Rice. Yeah, I know. I think he's hoping, like, crossing his fingers that somehow the Cardinals work it out, and then, like, they can, you know, make a playoff run or something. But Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But I just – I don't know what his contribute contribution to the team is at at this point for them. They need yeah. some explosiveness on the in their receiving core. They're yeah. too Kyler and their offense is too Kyler DeAndre Hopkins oriented. Yeah, I think if they get a tight end as well, like somebody maybe even Kyle Pitts if he's available at that point for them, like that'd be pretty nice for the Cardinals. But yeah, yeah I say no way Kyle Pitts is in is yeah there then, but yeah I know. But if that was yeah, that'd be nice. For real. Yeah. Okay. Last thing. You're you like you like Matthew Stafford, right? I like him a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Is he gonna bring the Rams to a title championship? Is that what uh, Sean McVay I mean, needed with Matthew it's, Stafford? It's a lot more than the quarterback, right? right. Uh, oh, I don't know sure. what their defense is gonna be. I don't know what their linebackers are gonna be. I mean, getting they need to get John Johnson back. Losing Brandon mm-hmm. Staley was huge, though. I'm a big Raheem most Raheem Morris fan, excuse mm-hmm. me. 
Um, I think Matthew Stafford is plenty good enough to win a Super Bowl with. I think Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay should mean that you should be putting some money, maybe a small amount on Matthew Stafford winning an MVP because I think, and, and I think Van Jefferson's going to come along. I really like Robert Woods. I've always have. Um, Cooper Cup is solid. Cam Akers look great. I think their line is going to be good. It's just they don't have a lot of flexibility or resources. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting because they're once again in a sticky situation, just like they were last offseason. Last offseason, mm-hmm. they managed to do every single thing right and managed to have the best possible team you can have with Jared Goff as your mm-hmm. quarterback. If they once again do every single thing right this offseason with Matthew Stafford, then yeah, I think he's capable of bringing them a title. Yeah, me too. I don't know what to think. I think the, um, the whole entire NFC West is very interesting, but the Seahawks... If yeah. they lose Russell, that's going to be absolutely massive. I don't know yeah. who the biggest threat is, honestly, at this point. It's probably the Cardinals. But I think I think the Rams are the best team. You think so? Yeah. I, I remember texting Kellen, like, right before Matthew Stafford got traded, and I was like, the Niners are going to get Matthew Stafford, and they're going to like you know, do good. <laughs> and then right when I do that, I get the notification that he's, like, on the Rams. <laughs> and I'm like, dang it, like, they're going to do better now. And it was yeah. like, yeah. That was a sad day in my life. I, yeah. I was, I've been pretty convinced. I, I don't know how much you guys have watched me or anything. But, no, all the time. Uh, Matthew Stafford has been my guy since like last June, last July. Like when people were still talking about Aaron Rodgers, I was like, no, Matthew Stafford. So Uh it was disappointing to actually see everything work out and see the Rams get him. But I'm just excited to watch the national perception change on Matthew Stafford. I'll have my popcorn ready and I'll be watching people Mm -hmm. change their mind. Like, see, Matthew Stafford is a winner. Well, yeah, yeah, there's more that goes into winning than just having a quarterback. You have to look at who he's playing with, what scheme he's in, all of those things. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I've lost hope with the Deshaun Watson thing. I was low-key high on that, but then thinking about it more and more, I'm just, nah, it's not worth yeah. it. Who is, who, which, which like analysts brought that thing up, like trading like Fred Warner and like Nick, like three different people. Like <laughs> I don't know. And, like a couple of first round picks. Like I know, I know Grant Cohen and them, like they like the Nick Bosa getting like traded with a couple no. of first picks. No. I'm not a big fan of that, but I mean, I saw one thing where the guy no. like traded like three superstars from the Niners for yeah. Deshaun Watson. It's like, yeah, I don't, no, I'm not, I'm not into the trading Nick no. Bosa. I still yeah. think Nick Bosa is the best football player on the Niners. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. 100%. But yeah, thank you again so much for coming on. Yeah, Probably wasn't, great. I don't know. Thank you so much for coming on though. It was really cool meeting thank you. It's you for awesome. Having me. This yeah. was really cool. It was casual. We had a yeah. good time. No, thank yeah, you. it was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, yeah. you know, maybe sometime you want to come back on. I don't know. Yeah, was, for sure. Let's do this again. Definitely. Okay, cool. Right, yeah. Sweet. Thank you well, so if much. If there's some more news comes up, you know, about the Niners, we'll definitely try to get you back on. But yeah. Cool. Yeah, 100%. Right. Thank you guys. Yeah, yeah, no for sure.